course. I I one time recorded you without asking for your consent, and I felt terrible. And I haven't forgotten. This is <laughs> in Canada. I said the 11th of November is Remembrance Day, and for me that will have another meaning. <laughs> yeah. Your but... your your betrayal will be remembered across the generations because <laughs> it's recorded. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm sorry, and um, it'll never happen again. Yeah, I was watching a, a list of the me? top ten anime betrayals. And, oh. uh, was it good? Yeah, n- none of them were as nearly as bad as what you did. <laughs> Dang it. Um, so, as you know, Jordy, I have a dog now. Yes. His name is Pluto, and he's very precious. Um, precious Pluto. Yeah. I love him so much. He's been a, a light of joy in your life, or he's been yeah. a, a breath of fresh air. He's been a reason to go outside because he has to pee. I bet that is a good reason to get a dog for a lot of people. It it really you have no choice but to get out and get some exercise and get some fresh air because the dog needs it. Yeah, I feel great. Also, like you know, I'm medicated or whatever, and that helps. P.S. Welcome to Pat. Uh, welcome to Practice Makes Podcast. Where we talk about things we want to talk about, and then maybe you like us. Hello, hello. Welcome to the program for another exciting installment of Practice Make Podcast, where your wildest dreams come true, <laughs> and we talk about the things that matter to you. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Potentially, you know, it's like you have a thought, and all over the world, hundreds of thousands of people have that same thought. So maybe we talk about something you're interested in and we have things in common. <laughs> Statistically speaking, it it almost has to be the case. I think so, yeah. There has to be at least one or two people thinking the same thing that we are. At least. And that's probably why we have like one or two fans. Wow, we have one or two fans? I think so. Uh, haven't heard from them in a while. <laughs> We're like... Um, what are they called? Uh, Tenacious D. What are their names again? Jack yeah, Black Tenacious. and the bald guy. Yeah. What, what's his name? I don't know. I could Google it. <laughs> I feel bad for oh, not remembering. Oh, his oh name. no, no. Tell me, it's Kyle. Because I remember they have a song. Last week, Kyle quit the band. Now we're back together again. La 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 la. Yeah, Kyle Gas. Gas. Okay. Yeah, that's um, right. But we're like them. Where. They have a song called Lee, and Lee's their, like, one fan. And they, like, show up (laughs) at his house. (laughs) We're them, in my mind. Pretty much. No, I think, um, you know, the holiday season has officially begun. Uh, I know it certainly is the case for me, but I think with people in general, once the weather starts getting colder, social activity tends to slow down. People Mm. tend to just want to stay at home and stay with their families yeah. Uh, and so I would think that that would kind of affect online activity as well. Mm. Since in this day and age, online activity is the only activity that we do. I know. And I feel like I'm glad that I've kind of gotten used to it. But at the same time, it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm used to just like being antisocial, basically. Did you have a subject that you wanted to discuss with us? I this do. Week? Yeah, I was going to ask if you had one too for later, but because you looked kind of like a little nervous, like you needed to plan something. But I ha- also have planned something. So. 
Yeah, I had a few ideas, but nothing that was really something I was able to talk about at length. Okay. Uh, yeah. So the topic that I picked is Munchausen disorder um, or syndrome, I guess. It's now called factitious disorder. And um, I thought we would just very smoothly transition out of the history of, uh, but continue doing it when we want to, because this is our podcast and we have that right. Right? Right. And technically everything is history. So anything we talk about is the history of. Yeah. Because it was written on the internet and I read it in a book. Oh, I meant to grab my book. Oh, well, whatever. Um, do you know what Munchausen is? Uh, I believe to the best of my ability to understand it, it's a, uh, an illness or a condition where someone has to have the need to take care of another person, whether they be sick or disabled. And I believe that that person will go to such great lengths as to make another person ill or prolong an illness in order yeah. to do that. Uh, pretty much, except that that is Munchausen by proxy. Uh, so Munchausen is when you do it to yourself, and then by po- by proxy is when you do it to somebody else. And I'm going to oh, talk okay. about both. Oh, okay. I didn't know there was a distinction there. That's good to know. Yeah. Um, so now it's called factitious disorder, but I'm uh, just going to keep calling it Munchausen. So, uh, Can I ask an obvious question? Or, sure. Like, why is it called Munchausen syndrome? Uh, because of a guy who was named that and he had it so uh i just like the name munchausen i just I imagine like a, it's like an off-brand of keebler or something it's like a snack company munchausen <laughs> munchausen yeah you get your munchies on in our house it sounds like um german so i'm oh he yeah. was german okay so munchausen syndrome is named after a german aristocrat baron munchausen who became famous for telling wild, unbelievable tales about his exploits. Uh, So Munchausen syndrome is a psychological disorder where someone pretends to be ill or deliberately produces symptoms of illness in themselves. Their main intention is to assume the sick role so that people care for them and they are the center of attention. Any practical benefit in pretending to be sick, for example, claiming incapacity benefit is not the reason for their behavior. Um, so different types of behavior, people with Munchausen syndrome can behave in a number of different ways, including pretending to have psychological symptoms, for example, claiming to hear voices or claiming to see things that are not really there, pretending to have physical symptoms, for example, claiming to have chest pain or a stomach ache, or actively trying to get ill, such as deliberately infecting a wound by rubbing dirt into it. Ugh. Uh, Yuck. <laughs> some people with Munchausen syndrome may spend years traveling from hospital to hospital, faking a wide range of illnesses. When it's discovered they're lying, they may suddenly leave hospital and move to another area. Um, they can be very manipulative and, in the most serious cases, may undergo painful and sometimes life-threatening surgery, even though they know it's unnecessary. Yikes. Uh, to what yeah. lengths will people go? Now, I I'm. I guess something... I, I, I guess that there has to be a distinction between Munchausen syndrome and being a hypochondriac. 
because a hypochondriac is someone who just thinks they're sick all the time, even when they're not, but they're not necessarily doing that to be the center of attention. Yeah, I think with hypochondria, it's more of an anxiety thing. Um, it's just how their anxiety manifests. And it's more of almost like OCD in in that vein. Um, and you actually do think that you're ill. And then with Munchausen's, it's like you're making it up for attention. Um, yeah, my uh, little short story, my, my girlfriend is like that. She's very much a hypochondriac. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> she, uh, we actually had a situation where she kind of had the, the boy who cried wolf. Oh, with what? Syndrome. Well, she she had a reputation going to the hospital and never oh. actually being sick. And then the one time when she really was sick, it turned out to be pneumonia. Oh. They just never took her seriously, and they left her in the waiting room for a really long time. And we had to go to another hospital oh to get her diagnosed and treated. Yeah, that's the tough thing with that. You know, it's like you can't really avoid it as a as a um, healthcare worker that like bias that you start to develop with certain people, you know, like when I worked at a hospital, there would be people that came in with certain, um, underlying like comorbidities that would just basically pinhole them as an alcoholic or someone that just doesn't care about themselves. And so anything else that was wrong with them, it was like, they don't care. Like, and, and that's part of the burnout with nurses. I mean, they're already burnt out and overworked. So then they're like, those are the patients where you're just like, they don't care. Why am I caring? Why am I trying to care about this person that doesn't care about themselves and they're going to die soon anyway with this like liver damage that they've caused? And Yeah, people in the healthcare industry have to go through so much and they have seen it all. So I would never hold it against anyone for being cynical or burnt out. Yeah, it's hard, remember. like, how to, because you shouldn't also excuse it because some people are really shitty. So it's like, I don't know. <laughs> Well, I just remember at one hospital uh, in Colorado, I had to take my mother there once, and she received really excellent treatment. And I just I, I contrasted that with the story that uh, a friend of mine told me. They ended up getting hurt, and they ended up having to go down there in the middle of the night, and they said that they needed pain relief. And one thing that they're used to there is having people that are addicted to pain medication mm. just trying to get free medication so this friend of mine ended up being treated really unfairly because it was just the wrong circumstances at the wrong time of day yeah i think that's why partly when you look up um like the opioid the opioid the opioid opioid <laughs> god damn it opioid <laughs> Uh, like pandemic or epidemic. <laughs> Fuck. Um, when you look that up and you see that it's like over half, I think it's close to, oh, I should have looked this up. I have it in my book. Um, it's a really high percentage of where they get their drugs from are from prescriptions where they are actually prescribed to it and the doctor just writes it. And I think in part it's because as a doctor, you're like, I can't just assume that people are not really in pain or that, like, you, you can't be the deciding factor on whether or not someone needs the painkiller. At the same time, it's like, maybe no one... It perpetuates it. Yeah. And everyone's going to get addicted to it anyway. There's a really high rate of addiction with opiates. And so they shouldn't be maybe around at all anyway. 
Um, they are really great for pain killing, but they also kill people. And anyway, <laughs> but anyway, none of that has to do with Munchausen syndrome. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So several it's okay. Munchausen syndrome is complex and poorly understood. Many people refuse psychiatric treatment or psychological profiling. And it's unclear why people with the syndrome behave the way they do. Uh, cause you know, they, aren't going to admit that they are doing it. Um, several factors have been identified as possible causes of it. Uh, one is emotional trauma or illness during childhood. This often resulted in extensive medical attention. Another one is a personality disorder, a mental health condition that causes patterns of abnormal thinking and behavior, a grudge against authority figures or healthcare professionals. That's an interesting reason. Hmm. Uh, childhood trauma, uh, Munchausen syndrome may be caused by parental neglect and abandonment or other childhood trauma. As a result of this trauma, a person may have unresolved issues with their parents that cause them to fake illness. They may do this because they have, they may do this because they have a compulsion to punish themselves by making themselves ill because they feel unworthy. They need to feel important and be the center of attention, need to pass responsibility for their well-being and care on to other people. Well, that's an interesting reason. That, to me, uh, makes sense, like being taken care of. There's there's a lot of that going around where there's a relationship dynamic where one person um, is like the wounded dove and then the other person has wounded dove syndrome where they only date people that need to be fixed or... They have, they're surrounded by people with problems. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's tons of people who are just drawn to complementary personalities like that. You know, someone who wants to be taken care of and someone who needs to take care of someone else. Yeah, like um, some people that have like codependency, they need to feel needed in a relationship to, to be satisfied. So I could see this is um, just a different development of that kind of desire one type of relationship i see a lot whether it's like friends or couples is people who like to argue and get into fights it's like it seems so negative but i think deep down inside there are people who legit just like fighting oh yeah they're like used to seeing it i was like that for a long time where it was like it didn't feel like it was a relationship without it i think i still kind of i was just like what this is boring (laughs) what are we supposed to do if we're not upset with each other (laughs) but uh, from what i'm the picture i'm getting with munchausen syndrome is whatever the causes and motivations are the principal like underlying objective is to be the center of attention i think so yeah it's to get attention um and just saying that it sounds kind of like negative which (laughs) it's like you just want attention but in a way, it's just that they have this need inside of them to be, like, loved, which everyone has. Well, but, yeah, because I, I asked I ask that because in the beginning of this, I was thinking about, like, all the times, like, people will fake being sick in order to get out of work or going to school. Yeah. And I thought maybe that was, like, some kind of a mini form of Munchausen syndrome, but I don't, I don't think that really works because the motivation is to get out of having to do something right, yes. or to be somewhere. The motivation is different. Yeah. Um, 
There's also some evidence to suggest people who have had extensive medical procedures or received prolonged medical attention during childhood or their teenage years are more likely to to develop Munchausen syndrome when they're older. Huh. I could see that. It's like the only life you've ever known. Yeah, or maybe the only time their parents were there for them or, like, cared for them. Yeah, it could be... I I remember one time... Well, I remember one time when I was really sick and I had swelling in my inner ear and that affected my balance Mm -hmm. because that apparently is where your your balance bone is located. (laughs) (laughs) But it went on forever. I was sick for months. I was bedridden. I think it went on for like over six months and I couldn't stand up. Every time I stood up, I would be really dizzy and I felt sick. And then it finally got better. The swelling went down and I was finally able to go back to a normal life. But I remember just how strange it felt, like going back to normalcy after having been used to that for such a long time. Wow. How old were you? I was a teenager. This was in high school. I missed a lot of school because of that. Jeez. Poor little guy. Yeah. yeah. Everyone thought I was dead. Everyone was talking about me. Everyone was worried. It was great. <laughs> no, not really. It was it, pretty awful. I watched a lot of movies, though. Right. Well, it's like you're being an optimist about a shitty situation when you develop the Munchausen's. You're like, that was great. <laughs> Even though it was shitty. Everyone was caring no, was, about me. and I was glad to be well again. That was It was way better. And uh, But I... I guess what I'm getting at is I could see how someone who had been sick for a really long time and was used to getting maybe a certain type of treatment or a certain way of people dealing with them. Like one thing is like when you're sick, people aren't going to hold you to as high of a standard for anything. Like you, they won't be expecting you to like do your housework or mm. any number of things. So I guess then having to go back to, you know, being a functional member of like the household or at work, that might be like too much pressure for some people yeah. or it might be too much at once. So I could see why they might want to like revert back to like pretending to be sick. Yeah. Um, different personality disorders thought to be linked with Munchausen syndrome include antisocial. Uh, why can't I talk ever? Antisocial personality disorder, where a person may take pleasure in manipulating and deceiving doctors, giving them a sense of power and control. Oh, God, that's the creepiest, <laughs> the that creepiest disorder. That's so petty. That's like, do you even know this person? You're just wasting their time. <laughs> power trip. Uh, borderline personality disorder, where a person struggles to control their feelings and often swings between positive and negative views of others. Oh, yeah. know all about that one. Narcissistic personality disorder, where a person often swings between seeing themselves as special and fearing they are worthless. It could be that the person has an unstable sense of their own identity and also has difficulty forming meaningful relationships with others. Playing the sick role allows them to adopt an identity that brings support and acceptance from others with it. Admission to hospital also gives the person a clearly defined place in a social network. People with the syndrome are often very convincing and skilled at manipulating and exploiting doctors. So it's hard for them to know when someone has it. I wonder what percentage of the population has this. Yeah. Well, this part is talking about treating Munchausen syndrome, and it can be difficult because most people 
with it refuse to admit that they have a problem and refuse to cooperate with treatment plans. Um, and then, you know, like they're really good at manipulating and um, there's not a whole lot of science behind it because or why people do it or how to treat it because one, they won't admit it. And then two, it's hard to know when someone has it. Yeah. How can you know for for sure? Because it could also just be a case of of uh, being a hypochondriac also. Mm-hmm. And so making that kind of subtle distinction yeah. is it would be a delicate thing. It's hard to know in the heart of hearts of a person, like what they actually believe and why they're doing it. This is really interesting. It says, who's affected? There appear to be two separate groups of people affected by Munchausen syndrome. They are women who are 20 to 40 years of age, often with a background in healthcare, and unmarried white men who are 30 to 50 years of age. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> hmm. Those are the main ones. The main groups. Yeah. I guess I'm doing like a lot of speculation, but for the former group, I guess one motivation or cause behind all of it would be seeing so many people ill and just kind of projecting yourself onto that and maybe wanting to be sick yourself. Yeah. Or seeing like the care and treatment that they get. Cause oftentimes, actually I read this in my abnormal psych book. It, it it is often women who know a whole lot about like medical stuff. So yeah, they're in healthcare a lot of the time, or they work in laboratories and science in general, and they they can really um, get into a lot of the information on it. And they're very knowledgeable and very smart people, which is odd. <laughs> and then the only thing I could say about the latter group, the single men. Uh, the only thing I can speculate is the motivation would be loneliness. Yeah. And wanting to like, find a part. I, th- I think one of the old stereotypes is the wounded, the wounded soldier on the battlefield. He goes to the field hospital and he meets his future wife who's <laughs> working as a nurse there. Oh, yeah. I mean, how often, how often have we heard or seen that story? Yeah. So maybe there's some kind of a fantasy going on there. Um, it's sort of like, uh, masochism, you know, where you, I mean, it's, there's a difference, but it's a little bit masochist behavior, uh, as a masochist, you enjoy pain. In this case, it's almost like, I don't know, because it's not like they're enjoying the pain necessarily if they're causing sickness in themselves where they literally are sick. Yeah, but in some roundabout way, they're associating pain and and suffering with something that's ultimately positive. Right, yeah, they endure it to get the pleasure out of it, which is to get attention. So bizarre. Uh, There was a girl in middle school who would always have injuries. Like they would, and then when they would go away, like she, she broke her leg or something and she shows up on crutches and then the next day it was fine. And she would do this like every other week or every week and everyone knew that it wasn't real. I was just going to say maybe they're just like a klutz, but if it's like literally the next day and they're yeah. feeling better, then yeah. that is and a little I, suspicious. Yeah, and everyone suspected that it was for attention, um, which it's odd because I don't think that she does that anymore. So, And, and usually it's in older like adults. 
Well, yeah, but first of all, like not necessarily. So it could potentially affect anyone. And then secondly, I think to some extent, all younger people, they want attention. Yeah. Like they want, um, they want approval or they want people to notice them in some way. So I think we, we kind of all in some way or another go through that at that age. Yeah. Maybe for her, it was more her, her just playing dress up kind of. Yeah. Maybe, maybe in some way, like kids will play dress up or they'll dress a certain way in order to get attention. And I remember like at that young age, like I just wanted like people to like older people in particular, like to take me seriously or to, uh, like think I was funny because I would always feel so left out at family gatherings and just be sitting at the kids' table. <laughs> I so imagine I you as like the tallest things. one and you're sitting on a little kid's chair and your knees are like up by your ears and all the other kids are like talking to each other and you're just longingly looking at the adults' table. <laughs> I'm even ignored at the kids' table. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll talk about Munchausen syndrome by proxy now. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Yeah. So it's That's, a psychological I didn't know there was a distinction. Yeah. I I'd heard of this one I think before the other one cuz I imagine uh people hurting others more than I imagine them hurting themselves, I guess, but they're both things. Um Munchausen by proxy is a psychological disorder marked by attention-seeking behavior by a caregiver through those who are in their care. Uh it's a relatively rare behavior, thank goodness. <laughs> it affects a primary caretaker, often the mother. The person with um, Munchausen syndrome by proxy gains attention by seeking medical help for exaggerated or made-up symptoms of a child in their care. As healthcare providers strive to identify what's causing the child's symptoms, the deliberate actions of the parent or caretaker can often make their symptoms worse. Um the person with MSP does not seem to be motivated by a desire for any type of material gain. While healthcare providers are often unable to identify the specific cause of the child's illness, they may not suspect the parent or caretaker of doing anything to harm the child. In fact, the, care the caregiver often appears to be very loving and caring and extremely distraught over their child's illness. Um, people with MSP may exaggerate or create a child's symptoms in several ways. They may simply lie about symptoms, alter tests, such as contaminating a urine sample, falsify medical records, or they may actually induce symptoms through various means, such as poisoning, suffocating, starving, and causing infection. Oof. Um, yeah, that's pretty... Yeah. Uh, yeah the, the idea of someone, like, hurting, like, another vulnerable person or particularly a child or their own child like that's very uncomfortable to think about yeah and it's so it's a form of child abuse when it is discovered but um and it's most often a child that they are affecting or an elderly person um but sometimes like oh, so recently my friend told me a story um his stepsister was a victim of this and her roommate was poisoning her oh my god yeah and so she just started being sick and she they couldn't figure out why like what was going on and so eventually she ended up in the hospital and then that's when um this girl who was her roommate was sending her food at the hospital and someone was like hold on like let's test this so they were assuming that there was arsenic in the food that she was giving her and just 
she was slowly poisoning her, making her very ill. And oh, that's so messed up. Yeah, it wasn't until her sister called and said, I think my sister is poisoning your sister because she has Munchausen's by proxy. She pushed her children down the stairs. And it so was she'd like, already done this to her children. Yeah, and it was like, why is this person out in the world? <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that's something you could go to jail for. I, I mean, <sighs> that's like at least at the very least, it's something like reckless endangerment or. Yeah, I don't know. Even if you don't, I don't think that you might not have the intention to kill or seriously harm someone, but that's what you end up doing through those actions. Yeah, there's um. There's a theory. Do you remember John Benet Ramsey? Yeah, I remember that very well. It was um, actually very funny how small the world is, but like she was originally in like Morrison, Colorado, I think, not too far away from where she, we grew up. She was in Boulder. On oh, Boulder, okay. I thought it was in, well, still not too far away. And oh, then God, her, no. uh, I, I, I almost feel like we should talk about what happened for people that. Well, yeah, I was going to. Like, she disappeared. Like, her parents, like, during the whole thing, they ended up moving out of the state, and they ended up moving just down the street from where my grandmother lived in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I think we we know it so well because we grew up around it because it was so close to home. Because if I ask someone that didn't grow up in Colorado if they know Jean-Benet Ramsey, they don't. Um, but she was a six-year-old beauty queen who was murdered in her home in Boulder, Colorado. And, um, I thought she just disappeared. She was found dead or. Yeah. She was found in her basement. Um, there are shows and, um, like different podcasts where you can listen to like the full story of this. But so one of the theories is that her mom had Munchausen's by proxy, um, because there is record of her, like in that past year, taking Jean Benet to the doctor several times, mm. and no illnesses were really reported. So there is a theory that her mom had that, and then um, some of the so the parents totally did it, but they were never charged. They were very very wealthy, and um, she was. It's a very sad story, but so she was murdered. Uh, basically because she was hit in the head and then she was also strangled. Uh, and I think they determined that it was the head injury that actually killed her. So they don't know. They th I think the most working, like the theory that most people um, go with is that the older brother did it by mistake and then they covered it up because there was this huge ransom note. It was two pages long. It was very in-depth. It was like asking for a very specific amount of money that was his bonus that year, and um, she was found in their basement. There was really no signs of struggle, and um, there was a broken window, and they said that it was broken when he locked himself out of the house, and it's like, who breaks their window mm -hmm. when they get locked out of the house? Um, there was a lot I, to it that was just like nothing added up and nothing made sense. Yeah, it's uh, my... I feels so bad for the poor girl that's and yeah i just remember the whole thing was really suspicious yeah they, they I, said that it was an intruder 
So the, the and I guess they'll we'll never really know exactly what happened. Well, yeah, but I mean, the parents either covered it up or did it. There's no way that is just when you look at it, there's just no way. But um, yeah, so I brought that up, that lovely topic, because uh, one of the theories is that example. Patsy had Munchausen's by proxy. Because I mean, after the fact, I think I don't think they did a whole lot of attention-seeking situations where you know they were on tv or anything like that in part because they were suspected of doing it yeah maybe if things had gone out different or turned out differently and there would have been less suspicion of them maybe they would have been making the tour of the television networks and things like that to get attention but it seems like it played out differently i think they did a little bit but mostly the father spoke uh but yeah so that's those. Uh, yeah. I guess the only other like kind of subtle motivation I could see in someone doing that is someone afraid of losing their purpose mm. or like their like their like uh, their career or their job. If that were someone like the caretaking industry, like maybe right. they would see in some kind of warped way they would see. Uh, like is, see it as that person is getting better as like them not being needed or them losing their place. And then I could definitely see a parent doing that because they are afraid of not being able to fulfill the role of a parent any longer. Yeah. It's a extreme manifestation of some of our worst fears. Yeah. Like the fear of not being needed. Yeah. I think that's something that all of us can relate to, not to the point of poisoning <laughs> another human being or doing harm to others, hopefully, yeah. but I definitely think we, uh, I guess I could kind of see the slight difference of the subtlety and the motivations, you know, the Munchausen syndrome is to get attention and by proxy, it's still to get attention, but I think it's also maybe the fear of losing, of losing something. Mm-hmm. You want to be needed or... Yeah. Yeah. No desire to be needed. With a lot of, like, with these psychological disorders, the more I learn about them and the motivations behind them, it's like, oh, you can kind of empathize and just say, I've had that thought before. But the the way that they manifest based on, like, whatever happened to the child, um, whatever happened to the person when they were younger, and then, um, or, or if they have personality disorders, if they lack empathy or, they um it's just it develops to an extreme in, in into an extreme way like i was watching um what's that movie with uh it, what is it bundy what's his first name al bundy ted bundy <laughs> <laughs> ted, i always mix up al bundy and ted bundy <laughs> al bundy was that show with married with children <laughs> why did they even call it that because Bundy is such like a murder guy name. I don't know. I just wonder if it was made before the the whole thing with Ted Bundy happened, or oh maybe I don't know what year that was. Uh, anyway, so Ted Bundy. There's this movie on Netflix where it's oh god, am I even thinking of the right murder? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's the one that was gay. Or he would kill, like, gay black men or something. I think Ted Bundy targeted women, didn't he? Yeah, like brown-haired women. Let's see. Murderer of black gay men. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, there's it's more than one. Apparently, with, this is pretty popular. You're going to come up with Mary J. Blige as the <laughs> answer. Oh, God. I suck at names. I suck at rem- I'm terrible at trivia. The way that I my intelligence works is very, like, streamlined. It's I only know what I know. I don't veer off the path at all. I purge anything that I don't need. Murder. Yeah, trivia is a weak point of mine for sure. Netflix. God, Google. Just help me out here. Let's see. Ted Bundy. It was like a friend. friend friends of Ted. Oh, he had a girlfriend. <clears throat> anyway, it was a murder. <laughs> it was a Netflix uh, show where there was this. They did the story of when he was younger, basically. His family seemed very normal. Um, and he started collecting, like, just parts, I guess, in this shed in his backyard. And then he he had some friends and he was hanging out with his friends and they went fishing. And then he picked this fish up and it was on the ground and he, he like, just started chopping it and chopping it, like, with this knife. And they're like, dude, what are you doing? And he's like, I just wanted to see what its insides looked like. And, and I was thinking, I was like, because I cannot fathom why how someone could kill somebody else, especially uh, with a, a knife. Or, you know, just these really gruesome ways. And I try to think that way. I'm like, okay, and what? Because, you know, I'm trying to empathize. Like, you can say, oh, I can understand this inherent desire to feel needed. I try and try to understand what would make me, why I would want to see the inside of something. (laughs) Like that, like motivation to just. Uh, I don't know. Just the idea of doing harm to another living being, it's. Even when I, you know, get burst into a fit of rage and I'll like, you know, push somebody or pinch somebody, <laughs> it, I feel awful afterwards. Yeah. You know? and it's just the idea. I, yeah, I can't, I can't either. I can't relate to that. I think we don't have that gene. In us. <laughs> I like how you said burst into a fit of rage and then you said pinch somebody. <laughs> I was expecting like a way more dramatic reaction. Well, no, like me and... Me and my girlfriend, when we get mad at each other, we'll like pinch each other's cheeks really hard because there's this oh. there's this show called the uh, Shin Chan that I learned that from like his mother. Whenever she was upset with him and she wanted to discipline him, she would pinch his cheeks and he would look like a chipmunk. <laughs> well, okay, <laughs> yeah, that. that does hurt. I don't like it when people pinch my cheeks. Yeah, and I I, I feel bad afterwards. Well, good. I'm glad that we're not not psychopaths. Yeah. Uh, I think we failed that test. The psychopath test? Yeah. I don't remember cutting up any fish on the uh, side of the river anyway. And I was ever hit in the head, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that's part that's of good. it, is that you were, like, hit in the head at some point. That's good. It's just not fun to be hit in the head in general. Right. But, like, football players are, and then they murder their wives or ex-wives, you know, OJ. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. For some reason, it causes aggression or um like lack of restraint mm. i don't know uh, this is gruesome we could have made this into a sorry. halloween special yes <laughs> <laughs> i yeah sorry about that um well i love you oh, is that <laughs> i love you does too that, does that make I, anybody feel I better <laughs> i love my fellow man and there are a lot of uh scary and mean people out there who potentially might want to hurt us it's very like this is very rare munchausen by proxy is very rare just putting that out there yeah i guess 
before you get into a relationship with someone or become their roommate, <laughs> maybe try your best to look out for some signs. Always be on the lookout. Look for the worst in people at every turn, just in case. Live your life in fear. And every time someone is sick, doubt them. <laughs> and not only doubt them, be afraid of them. If your friend calls you up saying that they fell down the stairs and they need you to help them get to the hospital, you hang that phone up and you go <laughs> running to the hills because it's a block, trap. Yeah, block their number. Yeah, I mean, That's I, I think... That's the only way to be safe. Yeah, the moral of the story is don't trust, especially don't trust the people that you think you know. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. This is honestly how I think... <laughs> well, you should bring honest. Yeah. Well, no, I trust you actually for some reason. That's good. Yeah. You can. Only me. You know, it's, yeah. It's worth it because uh, otherwise you're you're living a lonely life. You know, it's it, if I have to die because I made friends with a, a murderer by accident, then so be it. Because I'd rather live my life. And hide away in the shadows. <laughs> yep, uh, I would fully agree with that. But at the same time, if you happen to notice things like them chopping up fish or <laughs> poisoning people, then you know, probably probably a good idea to create some distance. If not. Yeah, put on, get, get some distance between that person, <laughs> physical distance. Uh, emotional, probably also emotional distance. Well, was there anything else that we had to add to the subject? or? Uh, I think not. Alrighty. Well, uh, like we said earlier, I think we'll still be bringing up historical topics. I know from my end of things, there's definitely things that I want to keep talking about. But I think giving ourselves a little bit more freedom, uh, a little bit more of a range of subjects to touch on is a good thing. And it will probably be... Uh, more fun for the audience too in case they want to have a brighter variety of topics yeah from now on it's a free-for-all until uh further information well we, we keep whining about it but if any of you out there want to contact us and there's a subject that interests y'all let us know and i would be more than happy to uh give my two cents on it and i would too thank y'all for listening you internauts <laughs> That's astronaut and internet mixed together. Internauts. Ooh. And yeah. we appreciate y'all listening, and we will see you next week. Wait. What? I need a quote. Oh, yes. And also, uh, while Jordy looks for that, uh, visit our website, practicemakespodcast.com. That's where you can email us or leave us a voicemail. Um, Instagram. PMP pod. We have a Facebook and yeah, all oh, I'm excited to talk about whatever I want all the time. Uh, <clears throat> I will no rush. I will. I think this is a good, uh, situation to, uh, to quote this. <laughs> uh, this is the Hippocratic oath. And essentially a Hippocratic oath is the, uh, kind of like a, a promise essentially to, 
do no harm or to do do the best that they can do as a as a doctor of medicine. And I'm not even sure if if uh, doctors nowadays are still required to take the Hippocratic oath or not. But um, the quote reads, or part I, I'm not sure if it's the best quote, but this is just something I found. But it says, "I will use those dietary regimens which will benefit my patients according to my greatest ability and judgment, and I will do no harm or injustice to them." Ooh. So don't so, become a doctor if you have Munchausen's proxy. <laughs> yes, that's that's a good moral for today's episode. <laughs> and so on that note, thank you for listening, and we will see you all on the next one. Bye. Bye. <laughs>